Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. We're kicking open the doors of the China shop, busting them wide open. I might have broken some glass. I kicked it so hard. I'm so excited. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, I had a rough day today, but that's why today's guest is uh, that much more special. Yes, that much more meaningful. You want to you wanna introduce the, the special guest of the day? No, because I'm going to mispronounce it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, folks, joining us today are the infamous Leo and Flary from Order Flow Labs. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, it's a good day. It's Monday. Markets are mooning. <laughs> the uh, sell off a little bit here. So they it's are. been good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The permeable would say that. It's good when you don't get stopped out. When you get stopped out on a bottom tick and then it takes off, uh, that just ruins your entire day. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I hear Leo oh is a permable? Yes. He's definitely a permable. Okay. Well, for, I am aligned with the higher time frame, So, you know, just go look at a 20 year chart of the NASDAQ or the ES and tell me what you see. Up and to the right. Give me a minute. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's like, oh, hang on, guys. I need to do my homework. <laughs> okay. And what is the ES? Oh. I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> what is yeah, that? I thought you trade mostly NASDAQ, Leo. It's only NASDAQ these days. Is mm. it? Yeah. Why do you trade the NASDAQ so much then? I mean, that when I've looked at the DOM on that, it just looks like volatility crack to me. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, okay. that's, that's why I trade it. No, I like so. Th- I just think there's many more opportunities intraday in Nasdaq versus NQ, um, mm-hmm. where you can have you know some 15 to 20 point rotations in Nasdaq. While while ES is like you know has moved two points. Um, right. So I just think you get more opportunities. It's obviously it's a thinner book, so it makes more extreme moves. Um, you know when it does move. So if you're on the right side of that, it's a lot of fun. If you're on the wrong side, obviously it sucks. <laughs> but you know <laughs> the goal is to be on the right side more than you are on the wrong side. So what kind of stop do you use when you trade the Nasdaq? Uh, it really depends on volatility. Um, mm-hmm. But in in normal like you know VIX twenty or twenty three environment, I'm probably like a twelve to fifteen point stop. Mm-hmm. Um, or recently, it's it's I think something more like. Uh, 17 to 20 is is more more or less relevant did you say point or tick points wow okay so you trade with big stops um yeah i mean i'm looking for different type of moves i guess i'm not Mm -hmm. necessarily uh scalping for five or ten point trade okay so not like george uh, over at trade pro academy where he's looking more for i think he likes uh you know six lots and get three points on those six and he's happy yeah yeah, we're a little bit different from a style standpoint on that, I think. Yeah, that's not Leo's runner game, that's for sure. <laughs> what about you, Flary? Uh, what, what do you prefer to trade? Definitely in the NASDAQ crew. Um, started in ES, but uh, over the summer months, uh, just completed the transition pretty much uh, 100% to NQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll definitely take some A-plus setups in like Ultrabonds, uh, CL, and, and still ES, but... Uh, NQ is definitely uh, where I spend most of my time. All right. Wow. And that, uh, is that everybody over at Orderflows then? Is more your tools geared towards the, the NASDAQ market or do they work for basically everything? The guys that created Orderflow Labs would be me, Flurry, Job, Cap, and uh, mm-hmm. Corey. We would be, I would say we trade NQ, ES, CL, and then sometimes uh, dabble into the bond market. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly UB uh, from that standpoint, but I would say most of our crew, including like us and and the traders in our group, are trading NQ and ES predominantly. And then there's some guys that trade like the Russell and the Dow. But um, I mean, the tools are geared towards any market that's that has a central order book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily required, you know, that you trade a Nasdaq or ES even. Uh, to utilize what we have. Well, um, I guess why don't we take a step back then? You can kind of tell us a little bit about Orderflow Labs and how you guys came about like forming this. Um, it's a, it's kind of a long story. We all started just we met all five of us are, are literally strangers that met online. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of crazy from that standpoint because you know we all just started. Um, through various um, discords or Twitter, um, just kind of met each other and found just, we started trading together and then we met um, a coder who is, Corey is our coder. Um, so we would just say, hey, Corey, can you code this and this and this? And it's it was like our way on how we viewed the market or, mm-hmm. you know, like we wanted to automate um, you know, something inside of Sierra chart, which is where we trade. And then, you know, he would make it. And then we thought, well, we have like this 
this pretty large set of tools at this point, um, you know, maybe there's interest from the broader audience to use this stuff as well, you know, because it's all based on volume profile, um, Delta, you know, time and sales, you know, just mm-hmm. different things that are happening um, either right now in the order book um, or in, in history um, utilizing that same information. So that was the, the start of Orderflow Labs was literally just like we would ask Corey to code X, Y, and Z, and then it would happen, and then we would expand on that, and then you know it just grew into this thing where we were like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's um, maybe this could help some other people too. So, yeah. so how long how long ago was that when you guys like first started just fooling around? Um, two and a half years ago, I think. Okay, the reason why I ask is that uh, we've got some coders that have gotten into our Discord, and it feels like we might be following kind of a similar path. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got two and a half years, Dan, before we should be yeah. uh, expert traders. Then. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, I still have likes. <laughs> if if there were only there was somebody else who'd already done the work where we could just throw some money at them and get these tools. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. I still have like all of my old chart books where we did everything via spreadsheet study. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I'm doing right um, now. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah memory lane there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we could do some consulting work for you guys if you want, you know. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so how many different um, <clears throat> studies do you guys have on your, like what different products do you guys offer? Um, so it's a, there's, I would say there's three categories that we have um, mm-hmm. tools for. One is um, what, we, what you might refer to market structure or, or price action or, or, you know, just kind of gives you. Oh, an area of interest or, you know, we, some people refer them to as pivots mm-hmm. um, or like a retracement zone. So like one of our tools is called buy sell zones. Yeah, I was looking it's, at that one. That looks really neat. Right. So that's just measuring a, a retracement from a previous high and low and giving you an area like, okay, well, if you miss that move, here's a retracement opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you have that and then you have like the pivot stuff that's based on volume profile or delta. And then you have our execution tools, which is like where it gives you a little a pointy thing that, that, you know, indicates some people see that and they're like, Oh, that just says, I just point buy or sell here. And it's that simple. <laughs> um, it, it, it's not that simple in the sense that it's, it's not like how we tr- um, would teach or, or educate folks on how to use this stuff. Mm-hmm. But that those execution tools are reading the, the bids and offers coming into the market speed uh, of those, and then looking for either momentum changes or, um, just kind of specific scenarios of exhaustion or absorption or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have your execution tools. And then the last piece that we're kind of doing right now is automation tools to make um, to make your life easier as a trader. So okay. the, the study that we're working on right now is pretty straightforward. It's called MGI, so Market Generated Information. And now we have like this one study that's going to give you you know, all the market generated information that you would be looking for. So mm-hmm. your previous day um, high and low, your overnight high and low, uh, previous day value area high and low in VPOC, uh, overnight high low value area high low in VPOC. And then like your VWAPs, you know, like if you run a 24 hour VWAP or an RTH VWAP, you can have both of those. Um, so just automating that process because um, it's not always easy to gather that no. in Sierra or Motive Wave or Ninja, like it's 
it can be kind of a complex thing to get all that stuff together. And so our goal from that standpoint is just to be able to open a chart, put a study on, and you've got all the stuff that you want to see as a trader automatically. All the important stuff. It's yeah. nice seeing somebody finally trying to make Sierra charts more user-friendly. I think Dan <laughs> had an experience. <laughs> what were you trying to look up where you saw like the actual like tech support team from Sierra and they basically said, figure it out? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I don't remember what specific thing. Um, I've been playing with spreadsheet trading and, and trying to find different stuff. And when you're deep diving on the support boards... There's a lot of times where they're where they're like, that's just a programming question, and we don't answer those. Like, look, you figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out. <laughs> that's their motto. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Uh, one of the things looking through your website that was had me cracking up when you go to the about us is you've got Twitter haters on there. So who are these eleven hundred nine Twitter haters? <laughs> Well, <laughs> might, need add, might need to add one or two to that total since the website got published oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they come they come out of the woodworks every week really <laughs> oh yeah you're never short of haters that's when you know you're doing good so th- this is just people who get on twitter to talk shit about you oh yeah, you know or order flow, right order flow doesn't work that's a good one yeah oh usually, really? usually their account was created like two months ago and they have like if two followers and <laughs> no profile, pic. no profile. And <laughs> they just come on to troll yeah. us. It's probably our competitors, you know, probably. Yeah. Or they work for Sierra. Stop <laughs> making it easy. Too many people are using. <laughs> okay. And then cups of coffee a day, 287. Like, Dude, I'm drinking a cup right now. Oh really? my gosh. Really? Yeah. Wow. I try to cut it uh, by noon, but yeah, usually at least a good pot in. How do you guys sleep? <laughs> oh, this last two weeks has been too brutal. Just been up so late trading the Asia Euro sessions. It's just been so clean. I mean, you can't, you, you can't, <laughs> you can't pass up the opportunity. <laughs> do you guys do anything with uh, like um, algorithm trading, or is this all just uh, custom studies? So just custom studies now. Um, so it is definitely still like discretionary trading based upon, uh, you know, the conditions that, that you have set up and how you have them calibrated. Mm-hmm. So you still ultimately are the button clicker uh, each and every day. Do you guys, have you ever messed around with any of the, the automated trading or is that uh, something that you try to stay away from? It's something that we're definitely open to. Um, mm-hmm. But again, uh, you know, kind of the vision as well with Orderflow Labs is to create this set of tools, uh, obviously geared around order flow and, and some other things. Um, with the idea that through the pattern recognition, through sort of like that shapes, colors, uh, and education that ultimately the users can kind of get uh, a feel for what's happening while they're watching the DOM, while they're seeing some of these conditions being met, some of the signals firing on their charts. Um, so, you know, ultimately, uh, could you code in uh, or, or create some alerts to um, automate some of the setups that you see, like maybe a combination of uh, coming into a level that you're interested in? Or that you had pre-marked, and then one of the uh, one of the tools kind of having that condition met. Um, mm. but, but right now, it's it's basically just trying to educate folks on how to make those discretionary decisions based upon the setups that they see and the combination of those. The reason why I think I'm so interested in that is I think the I'm lately coming to the conclusion that it's the operator that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> and if I can take as much out of the operator's hands, then uh, that might make things a little bit better for me. Yeah, like trying to short uh, the highs today. <laughs> I didn't do that. No, I, I just uh, just had a hard I time did. getting it. 
<laughs> You're not no. alone. We did too. Yeah, I was going to say. There's, there's at least 75% of this, <laughs> of this group did for sure. It can't keep Wait, going up. <laughs> Look at those sellers coming in. Look at those bid, those offers stacked. Look at them stacking. No, no, no. It's going down. <laughs> Uh, every time I think I'm right, that's when it, that's when trouble happens. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm most familiar with your dot chart, uh, your dot your dot study uh, from watching George's calls. Uh, if if I, I if I were to load the reconstructed tape, is that yeah, the, that's, the study that's name? The re- yeah, the recon tape. Reconstructed yep. tape. Yeah. Now, if I were to load that in my Sierra charts, would I be able to see those signals coming through uh, in, in a spreadsheet? So you can use the Sierra spreadsheet study certainly yeah. to export uh, anything that we have identified and what Sierra calls like an SG. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We have a few of our studies that just do like user drawings. So those uh, obviously you can't export the user drawings currently in Sierra, but um, anything that we have that's an SG, you can export and then sort of take that data and uh, you know organize it in whatever way um, to kind of back test through spreadsheets, which it sounds like is some of the stuff that you guys are looking at right now. It's, yeah, I've been doing a lot of it. <laughs> Going down rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Dan disappeared for about two weeks. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Fun so stuff. easy to do that. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So, how? okay. So, how many different studies do you guys have then? I think there's about 20 at this point. Whoa. And do you have plans to, do you have way or information on like how to actually utilize them? Yes. So, our Discord has a an edu channel that's dedicated to each study so it kind of describes what it is um tells you how to put it on your chart um has a video guide on how to put it on your chart and then also you know some of the a plus setups or utilization of Mm -hmm. of each tool is on that as well so it's kind of a step-by-step guide uh, for each study that's available and how to use it it's pretty detailed i would say um your discord is that uh is that open to anybody or is that something that uh, you you subscribe to um it's it's only available to members right now okay um we've kind of toyed with the idea of uh opening up some version of order flow labs that would be you know uh just available to anyone mm-hmm. um but as of right now it's just for exclusive members only Ooh, private access. That, Dan? Exclusive. <laughs> I don't know the meaning of the word. Given the fact that we've been talking about the the uh, open Discord, I'm I'm suspect that Leo didn't prime that question from you guys. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Leo, Leo I you guys see that one? I needed up, to join another one. <laughs> I'll, I'll PayPal you later for that question. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> So, Leo, I hear your wife is very attractive and you have huge genitals. Can we talk more about that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I paid for that one. (laughs) Wait, was that Flary? (laughs) I'm confused. <laughs> oh shit! So, how long have you guys been uh, uh, like trading? Then uh, is this something that you guys have been doing for a long time, or have you just kind of recently transitioned in the last couple of years? Like you said, when you were kind of all met up. Um, see, my I've been trading for about seven years now. I started in the options market. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought like I was just 
I got into like the options order flow, you know, like you can subscribe to like cheddar flow or yeah, yeah. Um, unusual whales or black yeah. box stocks or whatever. So I used to have one of those and then I would just chase like, you know, whatever the biggest, whatever the bigger trades were coming in mm. and then uh, try to figure out who the, based on that data, who the Nigerian brothers were going to pump on CNBC that day. <laughs> That's always my joke. But uh, it's a legit, it's actually a legit game that you can play. Oh, that race. doesn't surprise me. We've, uh, yeah. we've been saying that for over a year now. So um, after that, I got like a little tired of having my head on a swivel and then carrying these trades overnight, you know, at the mm-hmm. overnight risk and whatnot. And, and so, um, I kind of stepped away for a while and then I came back to uh, the futures market and have enjoyed that uh, quite significantly because one, you don't have to worry about overnight uh, stuff if you're not carrying anything overnight. And then also the tax benefits are um, pretty significant Oh, I versus, didn't even... versus the, uh, the normal stock and options trading. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you guys in Canada? No. Huh. What's the, uh, what's the difference? Well, I'm not a CPA. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But essentially the first 60% of your profits are taxed, um, at a lower rate, um, than the rest of them. I think it's 60%. I'm not. Is that just with the pattern day trader tag or is that no just because futures in general, it's futures in general. Really asking for a friend. Are there, are there any special things about writing off your losses? Any special yeah, tricks? Right. Not myself, <laughs> a friend. You need that pattern day trader tag, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's good about uh, trading futures is you don't have to have a specific account size to be able to trade. Right. You know. Have uh, Have either of you guys ever accidentally held a contract through uh, settlement period or the expiration of it? Just like Not- the overnight settlement? No, like um, I have a, I'm long a contract of oil and tomorrow I get a phone call saying, where do you want your thousand barrels? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but our friend, Definitely not there. Our friend uh, Frog Trades had an yes. experience similar to that. But, really? Uh, yeah, maybe. Corn Mageddon. Well, <laughs> so he was long, like he had just started trading futures, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would just started trading <laughs> corn. <laughs> but so he's in a corn futures trade. I don't know, maybe eight or nine lots, you know, something wasn't like massive. It's a lot of bushels. It's a lot of bushes of corn. Yeah. So apparently he was like, oh, I'm just going to swing this overnight. Cause he's pretty confident. Maybe he had some profit on the trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't know that there was a USGS or <laughs> some crop farm report. report, the crop report. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> was coming out like in between the close and the open. Oh, oh shit. shit. And so he was like, there's nothing he could have done. Yeah, um, like you could try to hedge with the, like the ETF, the related ETF. But uh, luckily the, uh, the report was, wasn't of any significant consequence and he was able to get off, get out of his trade. But that sounds, that sounds a lot like the end of trading places. <laughs> 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 with the orange harvest yeah <laughs> harvest report Gotta get the crop report <laughs> well and like good friends of course we tortured them and we all oh. got on a we all got on a zoom and and watched the market <laughs> open live and you know made them made them sweat it with the group real time oh god 
No, the reason why I ask is Dan and I have been considering writing a movie. We think it'd be hilarious to have a, a new futures trader doesn't know what he's doing, but ends up getting stuck with, you know, a bunch of commodities <laughs> that he has to figure out how to move. A tanker ship. Yeah. <laughs> a few tankers of oil with some bushels of corn. Yeah, where do you want these by, pigs? Uh, bellies. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> you could remake that movie. What's it called? Which one? Isn't there a movie like that? Is there? God damn yeah. it. There better not be. Already a movie yeah. like that. Fuck. Uh, you're late. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you guys are late. Uh, always late. That happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dive back in more towards your, your guys' personal trading strategies then. Um, like, is there, what was like the biggest obstacle that you guys had to overcome and how did you actually overcome that? Oh, man. I think just like the journey that most traders go through is trying to find that golden indicator, right? Or that, mm-hmm. that, that setup system that, you know, somebody can just share to you. Um, so I, I definitely think that journey, uh, was one that I went down, you know, trying to, if it's going to be price action patterns. And then, you know, when you discover order flow, trying to go through all the different things and, um, you know, volume profiling, TPO profiling, all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, I think for me, the big breakthrough was when I started focusing on setups and setup oriented, um, trading, um, and finding patterns that I saw repeat over and over in the market. And just focusing on those few setups and trying to identify the different categories of those setups and and just like the expectation of those things. You know, you guys mentioned kind of breaking out into the spreadsheets. Uh, I love taking like the data from a setup that I have and Mm -hmm. then looking at, you know, average MAE, MFE and and kind of building brackets and stuff based around that. And then just trying to focus my trading uh, on those setups, especially if I'm in a, a mode of like struggling. I'll always revert back to that, like, okay, filter it down to just a couple of your core A plus setups, wait for those to hit, regain that confidence in your trading yourself and kind of those, those execution points mm-hmm. and then kind of going from there. But yeah, that journey is tough. And, and I think, you know, probably most traders have spent hours and hours like combing YouTube and trying to find that EDU content. And, you know, it, it can definitely be a, a rabbit hole, as we said earlier. But I think when you, when you find a few things that you can filter, down to that you like uh, and focus on those. That's where you start to see that sort of growth. Um, and, then, and then filtering in and adding in components from other people that you trade with or you know, ask smart questions to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and analyzing what they're doing and seeing if any of that stuff uh, deserves you know, to be kind of in your process and, and really just building that process. Like my day is the same, and Leo probably make fun of me because <laughs> of all the different things that I look at. But uh, my my homework is the same every single day, uh, every single morning, and it's just a routine. So you know, I only look at these things. I do listen to some of the stuff that that the other guys are doing um, and see how that is confluent to, to the levels that I've looked at or the setups that I'm looking at. Um, but the process is the same day in and day out, and then it's just rinse, repeat, and kind of work on that execution piece. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you mentioned like the the looking at you, know, like you, you learn a new you know indicator or a new tool, and then like you go all in on that, and then you know you find the next one, and then you go all in on that one. Uh, yeah, it, it, almost seems like that's, it seems like that's almost kind of necessary to get like as much experience as you can with as many different tools and features before you can finally like come to the conclusion of like okay, this is the one that works best for me. This is the one that I'm good at. Like you almost need to to kind of go through that that learning and trial and error period 
Yeah, that like kind of coming of right, coming of passage of like right. finding what works for you um, by kind of trying a little bit of everything. But uh, I, I think it is it's really important to once you do find something that resonates with your style of trading, your comfortability with risk and, and the risk around that that setup or or what you're looking at to to really dive in and focus on that mm-hmm. and just constantly being aware of all the things that you're processing in a day and making sure that they're paying rent. Like if, mm-hmm. if something is, is part of your process or your homework process each day and you know, the setup doesn't come up very often or it doesn't have a pretty, it doesn't have a good expectancy compared to the other stuff. Um, you know, being analytical from that regard of like making sure that all the things that you're bringing into your, your daily routine really do pay rent in one way, shape or form, I think is, is hyper critical. Mm. What about you, Leo? Well, I'm not as process oriented as Flurry, and sometimes that's to my detriment because uh, he <laughs> he has done his homework. Um, but I've become I've turned the corner a little bit, and I picked up on some of I've stolen. I didn't pick up on them. I just steal them straight from Flurry because why reinvent <laughs> the wheel? <laughs> All right. So a lot of that homework I've started to incorporate into my own um process which uh lately it's been really paying off so did you say hasn't or has been <clears throat> it has okay good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing worse well, than what it would be awkward <laughs> if i said it. it's really not yeah. working yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> this process is terrible <laughs> uh, this homework is sucks <laughs> today in es was a beautiful example of that uh, yeah. It was uh, one of the patterns that I follow. We kind of jokingly call it the three finger Leroy setup because uh, it just doesn't care when when you see this setup go. It just kind of it it usually has an expectancy to move in the direction of this pattern. And and today's pattern in ES was a uh, uh, open drive higher. And uh, when when one of our tools, which is the session delta pivots, when in three congruent sessions, so last RTH, this Asia, and then the last uh, Euro session all sort of progress higher in the delta builds. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when I say higher, I mean price. So let's say it was, right. you know, 44.40, and then the next pivot was 44.45, and then 44.50. Um, you can sort of box that area and then look to trade against it uh, as, as a breakout. And today we broke out, back tested it to the tick, and then, you know, we all know what happened for the rest of the day. And yes. And <laughs> I've been saying, for three weeks uh, on Twitter and in our room, uh, as soon as ES open drives, I am not fading it all day. And sure enough, what did I do towards the end of the day? Got bored and started trying to fade the top. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, my favorite setup, my A plus setup today in ES fired. So that that's one of the few times that I'll I'll jump into the ES street still. What was the name of that setup, by the way? I need to look, it's, I'm look it's that the, one up. The Three Finger Leroy. You'll see it on, <laughs> on my Twitter a bunch, too. Three Finger <laughs> Leroy. You won't find that in any uh, YouTube content anywhere, unless it's from us. <laughs> <laughs> I like to name the setups funny stuff. I like yeah. it. Good acronyms. Yeah. Keeps it original. So what's a Four Finger Leroy? <laughs> well, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. If you got to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> Oh. Very few can fit that fourth finger. <laughs> you really got to work at it. Dan, you got anything? Yeah, I don't want to hog all the time. No, I'm always just really interested in hearing about the the process and how the tools can help someone's process. I can jump into that a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Leo mentioned that we have sort of, uh, or, you know, really just anybody, but the Ortofo Labs tools, 
Um, we have, you know, structural tools that help you kind of define an area of interest. Um, and this kind of goes into my style of trading a little bit too, but our structural tools, which I use to define areas of interest or areas where I'm considering doing business. And then we have the execution tools, which sort of confirm that area. So it's like area of interest tools confirm. And then, um, then I'll typically either go into the DOM, um, and start watching for some of the patterns that I'd like to see from mm -hmm. DOM activity or even, um, some of our really hyper focused, uh, low timeframe tools from an execution standpoint. And that, that three-step process of like an area of interest, area where I want to do business, tools confirming, and then execution on either the DOM or, or the, um, the low timeframe tools, that one, two, three is usually what will, will trigger me into a trade. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of those uh, structural tools, uh, for me, most of them uh, are based around Delta and kind of monitoring uh, what I would call like the historical aggressive auction. So, you know, high Delta coming in, where was it, um, especially historically, like, like tracking um, where in the auction in the last legs have they, you know, come into the market uh, with an aggressive uh, amount of Delta and being able to kind of track those levels um, through some of the tools that we have um, and watch those patterns and how they kind of build the auction around that. Um, so, so that, that historical Delta, uh, the volume, uh, and, and our work around, uh, the Joe pivots, um, and, and kind of monitoring inventory and where you're kind of at in that inventory process, um, really helps kind of keep me patient. Um, and I, I suffer from that big time. I mean, I did today, uh, when you just yeah. kind of get bored and, you know, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to start shorting this thing. But, yeah. um, <laughs> right. Cause what else are you going to do? Yeah. We're way up here. So let's short it. Right. And I wouldn't go long. It's, it's too late to go long. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then 50 <laughs> points later on yes, even 50. Yeah. But, I know. But yeah, so, so that process of, of kind of like that area of interest, um, you know, tools confirming and then the execution either on the DOM or, or with some of the, uh, you know, more focused tools is, is really important, at least for me and my process, to make sure that I'm not just jumping in trades. Because I think with with order flow, one of the things that um, new traders can can end up doing is kind of going down that rabbit hole of like, well, the order flow can change so frequently. So if mm -hmm. you're just taking execution tools, um, it, certainly if your style is scalping, I can see where where you can narrow in on on you know even more focused uh, lower time frame setups that are constantly changing. But, but that uh, is a definitely a different muscle that like I'm long, I'm short, uh, you know, just a few points here, a few points there um, is not really w where I try to focus. Um, so, so that's why it's, you know, I, I might see a couple of our tools uh, satisfy a condition, um, you know, and they're firing, but they're not firing in an area where I'm interested. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like learning to avoid uh, the order flow or monitor it um, so that it can kind of build into the area that you're interested in and then waiting for it to confirm when you're in that area. And, and for me, that's like that big piece. Um, and a little credit to Leo there because uh, he, he would probably attest that uh, in my earlier versions of kind of getting introduced to order flow, I was very much um, comfortable with kind of getting in and getting out of the market multiple times, um, especially even in like one leg up or one leg down um, and just kind of trying to trade all the rotations. And mm -hmm. I found some, some pretty good success recently trying to focus in uh, a little bit more on like the larger moves and being aware of uh, we, we say this all the time, like, hey, did we just buy the low a day here? And how would, how would we manage this trade differently if we, if we did just buy the low of the day here? And then are the tools uh, from a higher time frame confirming 
that there's some confluence between the low time frame market participants, the high time frame market participants, and does my entry kind of align with that? Where maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to this in a little different manner than I would if I was kind of buying just like a pop pullback type thing. So hmm. yeah, that that corresponds to the the more successful trades I was having last week in 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 trading multiple contracts and having half of them be a runner able to to kind of treat that runner like okay if this is if this is the point of the shift of the move and it never revisits this like i don't want to get lost in 10 points i want to try and get 20 30 40 i want to get the whole move uh and and definitely was not doing that today <laughs> <laughs> hard to do on trend days sometimes to just sit there and hold but i i think that's important too of like there's so much nuance in in trading that's outside of something that's like just like a moving average or vwap or or any indicator that you can have of just recognizing some of the patterns and price action behavior and the way that market participants are either coming into the market or leaving the market when you did buy the low or mm-hmm. you know when they do decide to like you know push and and break you know in, in NQ and ES they kind of broke out of that lower distribution that we've been in for uh, you know at least all of last week. Um, you know and they had that bottoming type structure. Leo will take the credit for uh <laughs> <laughs> saying the bottom was in on Friday. Uh, I'm a little perma bear, so a little bit of a perma bear. So I, I like to fade, but uh, you know, when, when they broke out of that, um, just the way you can see those market participants start to come into the market, I think that's a great example of when like you should be able to adjust your either your brackets or, or your take profit strategy for the possibility that yes, you did in fact just potentially buy below a breakout. Your your entry is now well protected and then managing your risk accordingly. Or even better yet, um, sort of adding to that position once once you kind of know that you you maybe have a, a really nice position and mm. and what I would call like a risk free trade. Um, which is a really tough thing to do. It's it's so counterintuitive that it's easy to add to a uh, a loser, but it's hard to add to a winner. It, it makes yeah. no sense. Mm. But it's I mean that's just like I think all traders struggle with that and building that confidence of like truly trusting your read of of where you got into the position and then how you would allocate risk um, according to where where your entry is um, is such is such a huge edge that I think actually a lot of people have. It's just that that pulling the trigger piece of like you got a pretty good idea that you might've just bought that like trap below overnight low. And now they're going to go rip it back up to, you know, the opening range and they get above the opening range and your stop or your entry is very well protected. And, you know, when you find yourself in that situation, you can be a little bit more aggressive or even like less particular about where you buy that pullback to add to your position Mm -hmm. because you don't need to be so methodical when you've already got say a 40, 50 point runner and your stops well protected. Potentially, this is a low a day type move. Um, you're giving bull examples here because it looks like we're going to rip. But yeah, um, you know, and 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 how you can then sort of add to that trade in a risk free manner where you pull that average up, and you know, you can you know sort of allocate some of the uh, the points that hopefully you've already captured. But you you mentioned runners, and I think that's a huge piece too of like getting to that point where. Um, you know, you can scale out or I like to call it like buying expectancy of the trade where you can sort of use some portion, whatever your strategy is, if it's 30% or 50%, 60% of your core position, and you can use the profit that you've realized on that core to sort of buy the expectancy of those runners. And 
in that, you kind of need to know where you're going too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so today, I think we probably overshot that target or expectations a little bit, um, you know, for most, at least for me. But, um, you know, knowing that this trade has the potential, you know, and, and yes, to go, you know, another 80 points or, you know, NQ, once it broke that, that lower distribution, you know, could we, could we potentially like go get, you know, this 14.8 uh, area, you know, even, you know, you know, 14, nine, 15,000, like who knows? I mean, we, we saw what an 800 point uh, intraday rotation last week. So <laughs> yeah, just craziness. You saw that on the NASDAQ? Yeah, I mean, in, in NQ today, I think, um, so So for some of the work that I look at um, tracking the, the pivots, uh, we had an RTH pivot, which was also aligned with like um, sort of the support resistance zone where buyers need to needed to get above um, 14, like 356 uh, off the top of my head. I've got my Sierra closed. But once we got above that 14, 356 area and they sort of gained that lower distribution and turned it to true accumulation, uh, I, I think there was a pretty good opportunity um, to trade up into the next section or the next balance. And from a pivot perspective for Delta, there was no RTH Delta until just about where we closed today. I think we came like seven points short. And so I would call that a void. Um, so I, I monitor it as like voids and clusters where you have clusters of high delta and then you have voids where there is no delta. And typically what you see is that initiative push and like sort of that delta unwind through those voids as it just like rips right through to the next pivot. And mm-hmm. the opportunity trade today was above that 14,356, you know, targeting ultimately um, you know, that next pivot at the other end of that void, um, you know, did I capture no, all of it? No, of course I didn't, but good enough, um, is, is kind of a, a mantra that I've learned, uh, from a good trading <laughs> friend, uh, good enough. Doesn't mean you still don't FOMO it or try to short the top when you get bored at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I, I think that like, again, like recognizing those opportunities where, um, if you can, if you can recognize a trend day early and what do, what are some of the traits of a trend day? Like we, we, when we pull back in the afternoon, do we hold view app? Do we give up the RTH developing mid? Um, that's a huge one for me for trend days. And I think that's mm-hmm. like a great nuance, um, thing that all traders should be, be watching of like when that A period breaks out, and B period never pulls back into VWAP, or if it does pull back, it holds VWAP in developing mid or OR high. Um, and, and I use the 30 second opening range, but those are, those are huge opportunities to, again, like, let's say you have a protected entry to add to that position with maybe a little bit less accuracy than you would need to on your original entry and bring that average up and sort of enter into that risk-free trade where you could potentially have, you know, multiple R's on in the trade and really start to grow that account. That's why I think you see a lot of veteran traders talk about the opportunities that are on trend days and being able to identify um, whether it's a trend day setup or just, you know, whatever setup that you have when you've truly nailed it, how do you then capitalize on that to the best of your ability? God damn, you are one smart bastard. <laughs> I can listen yep. to you talk all day. What what, uh, what got you into futures, Flary? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was not the 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 products that I ever even like planned to trade. Um, I came from a poker background that transferred into crypto, and um, you know basically just like a buy and hold or not really even know what I'm owning type thing turned into, well, oh, wait, I got it. I can pull up this exchange. 
And, uh, you know, this is how I will, you know, turn it from, you know, the asset into like USDT or whatever. And then I realized, oh, well, wow, you can trade on this. And, um, you know, I had, that was like my first experience in exchanges and, you know, got lucky with timing. And, you know, how, how could you really mess up like 2017 right. uh, crypto? And, um, you know, really just from there started um, finding that interest and like just that like very pattern oriented. So like, going down sort of that rabbit hole of like, what, what do I want to be as a trader? What do I want to look for and trying to find a system? And then just kind of developed that, you know, probably got way luckier than I ever should have been, um, you know, trading crypto and then started trying to like just passive income uh, trade stocks and up to some success. But, you know, again, like never really focused on like a, a system or, you know, what was going to be my trading style. And then as it just sort of like grew the 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 idea that you know I wanted to be a trader the passion for just the markets and just kind of watching them um, through sort of that that journey found um, uh, sort of somebody locally that was a trader and they traded futures and that kind of got me into futures trading and I, and I still remember reaching out to this individual and and the first thing that they said because I had this I had this idea that like. I, w I knew enough about trading that if I could just stand over another trader's shoulder while they were trading, that would be all I need, right? Like I just need to see <laughs> how does a trader really trade, uh, which mm -hmm. is so far from the truth because it just would, wouldn't do anybody any good to actually do that, which is it's funny that I think we probably all think that in some way, shape or it's form. It's funny. That's what I want to do now that <laughs> I've spent, you know, the last six months, like immersing myself in it on a daily basis. Like now I just want to sit over somebody's shoulder, just watch and see how they use the information that I, the way I interpret it, see how they interpret it. See, in, in the right context, I think with the right foundation, it can be um, immensely helpful. But, mm -hmm. you know, I probably where I was at in the journey, it would have just been right. like, it yeah, would have yeah, been yeah, nothing, yeah. right? Um, yep. But so it, anyways, that, that, uh, that journey brought me to futures and then specifically like market profile. So I remember reaching out and he was like, yeah, you're not going to stand over my shoulder and watch me trade. It's not going to do anything <laughs> for you. But why don't you read this book from Dalton and get back to me with some smart questions? Uh, markets of profile. Markets of profile or markets markets of, in in markets profile. Of, okay. Um, and so of course I, I I read it like a day and got back to him and was like, okay, I read it. You know, like I've got all these questions. He's like, no. I said read the book and get. And I was like, no, I really I read I read the book. Let's go. And you know that kind of started a you know a little bit of a mentorship of like okay you know here's some of the things that I'm looking for and like you know the concept of value and and. That that really got me excited about futures, futures trading, um, and just kind of started the journey of just finding my own way through that. Um, you know, whether it was like trap traders or you know whatever the the process was, um, ultimately finding my way to kind of like an order flow, uh, price action, like TPO volume profiling, sort of like mix, like composite profiles and, and, you know, value area, high, low type trades, destination trades, and um, ultimately kind of reformed that process into um, sort of a mixture of all these things, right? So you, you, you meet people and, and again, you take like little tidbits, but uh, I think o overarching, like the, the biggest thing for me is taking those little tidbits that, that people share, uh, mm -hmm. especially their charts or like the little nuance things, like something as, as simple and Leo, don't, don't laugh at me for this, but like so, something as simple as like breakouts fail in a bearish environment. And I, I just tweeted that. And that's from, that's from a good friend uh, or, you know, in a, in a bullish environments, breakdowns fail. 
Something mm-hmm. as simple as that nuance that I think just gets overlooked when somebody puts that out there, um, that there's just like people just have tons of those little tidbits, like the peak above overnight high and fail, or when opening ranges are overlapping and there's like a fail to, uh, you know, kind of get above or, you know, destination trades from value area low to value area high, just like these little nuance observations about how markets move from balance to imbalance and all those things. I think in addition to having some core process that that you follow, like being able to pick up on those little nuances, not only like as, as markets in general, but like in the market you're trading, like NASI moves in such a particular way compared to like the way ES would move or CL or UB, like getting offsides in UB is probably the scariest thing. Like that scares me way more than, than <laughs> trading NASDAQ, like getting offsides in UB and, and the amount of discipline and risk um, that it takes to trade a market like that, that, that kind of just sweeps people when, when they're wrong um, is a, has a way to humble you pretty quick. Hmm. But, um, and UB is uh, treasury bonds. That's the, yeah, the 30 year ultra. Yeah. I've never been tempted to play any of the bonds. You aren't missing anything. Bonds always seem boring <laughs> to me. <laughs> It's boring until it's thirty dollars a tick on one lot. Oh, sh- okay, yeah, that does not sound. And, right. it, and it moves a handle and. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Trading UB is like like having a nervous tick. You know, you put the trade on, and you're just sitting there like, uh, <laughs> what's going to happen next? Uh, hovered over flatten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank goodness! I only flattened for three grand. Whew. <laughs> that's that's if they let you out yeah, yeah. <laughs> well uh, i don't know if we mentioned it uh since we started hit the record button but leo you are uh joining george on like a monthly basis now over on mind over markets is that correct as of right now unless uh he's already kicked me off the show i don't think he has um, he seemed pretty excited when he announced it so i wouldn't imagine yeah. <laughs> we're doing uh we're doing a oh. monthly episode on some topic of uh, either order flow or or you know maybe even just trading general trading stuff but do you, do you know what the next topic is i don't i, I actually sent him a dm <laughs> earlier and i said um what are we going to discuss next and then i also said are you kicking me off your show because i haven't really spoken to him since our last episode uh so. you know you did get covid right Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had COVID, uh, not too long ago <laughs> and they were doing their, uh, their workshop. Um, like part of that got delayed cause he was, he was pretty sick for a portion of that. Dang. So he could just be catching up. Do you have a super secret email address? Uh, that's really the one you need to talk to him. Oh no. I only have his super secret discord and his super secret normal email address. Oh, okay. You might want to try to get a super secret email address because he checks that one. You can't be giving out people's super secrets, man. What are you doing? I'm not, I'm not giving it out. I told him to ask for it. (laughs) (laughs) If he's still on the podcast next month, then we'll know that he gave it out. It was okay. Uh uh (laughs) Going to get us in so much trouble. Is George the type of person who breaks up with a girl by not calling her back? Is that, is that what we're learning? I just assume (laughs) he's got a secret agent army of assassins ready to take us out at any moment. Oh man. Does a third party through, through podcast host apparently now. Yeah. (laughs) Have you guys ever thought about doing your own podcast? Oh, geez. Yes. Yeah. 
Ooh. Am I getting paid for that question too? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Leo's teed a few of these up clearly. It's, it's very apparent now. Well, just you guys have a, a lot of information, a lot of wealth of knowledge that uh, it seems like you guys are really happy to share. It'd be a shame yep. not to find some kind of format to, to let you guys do that. Not opposed to it. Not opposed to it. Yeah, I think it's just the extra work that goes into like setting everything up and figuring out like, well, if, you know, how to get it out there to the to the public world. Or if whatever, George already has Leo, we'll take Fleury. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I think he speaks more to my style anyway. <laughs> that sounds like a healthy man crush to me. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> What's that, Dan? Are you? Am I going to be out of a job soon? Well, no, you can still edit. Oh, I can still edit. I'll edit you and Flurry talking. Worst part, yeah, yeah, it's the worst part of the whole job. <laughs> you can keep doing that part. Oh, thank you, thank you, sir. Oh my goodness, you're welcome. All right, Orderflow Labs, uh, OrderflowLabs.com. Uh, looks like you guys have information about all the studies on your website. You have the I see videos for each of the tools. That looks like they kind of explain each of them. Uh, looks like a, just a fantastic product. I'm actually looking forward to, to digging into this a little bit more. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we uh, let you guys get back to your life? No, I'll just uh, appreciate you guys having us on and uh, definitely uh, take you up on the opportunity to join you guys anytime that you'd like. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll be in touch probably right. before this uh, recording stops. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> be a lot of people on discord happy to hear that <laughs> it's very true oh th- this has been such a great conversation we want to thank you guys both again for joining us uh wonderful wonderful stuff if you start a podcast you have to let us know because i'll listen you guys got great energy together thank you again for coming yes. on. hey appreciate thanks for having it. us i really appreciate yeah. it it was Take fun fuck yeah fuck yeah all right folks there you have it kyle any parting words of wisdom before we shut the doors and kick everybody out I'm not following that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's way too much wisdom for me to try to add on to. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing either. All right. So long, folks. Yeah. Happy trades. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 